Hello, sister friends and other guests. Welcome to Her Path Radio. A program is dedicated to helping women on their journey to find their purpose, inspire the greatness, seek transformative change, and inspire hope. We are committed to uplifting our sisters and helping them live their best lives. We are excited to introduce to you influential sisters from around the world who will share their journey and inspire us all to reach our purpose while lifting our communities. And who are we? Well, I'm Karen and I'm retired chemist and entrepreneur, as well as the executive director and CEO of a nonprofit STEAM program for girls and one of the co-hosts of Her Path Radio podcast. And I'm a business compliance lawyer supporting women entrepreneurs. And we are both dedicated to providing this forum where women empower women. Exactly. But some people still ask, why a new podcast? Aren't there too many out there today? The answer to that is no. There are so many women who are just beginning their journey and designing or redesigning their destiny that there's always a need for platforms like this to share experience and knowledge and to be an encouragement for our sisters. That's right. Encouragement is the key. And we will introduce our listeners to a powerful woman who continues to help others on their journey after this quick break. Hey, Lanita, we are on our fourth podcast and I am so excited to use this forum to highlight women business owners doing great things in support of their community. Today, we are highlighting one of our favorite florists, Nail Rice, the owner of Debbie's Floral Shop. She's a mentor, an advocate for minority businesses, and continues to support nonprofit organizations throughout the Chicagoland area. That's right, Karen. Having known Nell for well over 25 years, I can say it is still a mystery to me how she manages her service to the community and her business. <laughs> As you know, Debbie's Floral Shop, which is located on Facebook, is committed to offering only the finest floral arrangements and gifts, backed by service that is friendly and prompt. Because of all their customers are important, their professional staff is dedicated to making every customer's experience a pleasant one. And that's why they always go the extra mile to make every floral gift perfect. That's why we encourage you, our listeners, to let Debbie's Floral Shop be your first choice for flowers. So remember, sister friends, if you are in need of beautiful, creative floral arrangements for any and all occasions, please contact your new sister friend, Nell Rice, by phone at 847-949-4454 or via their website at www.debbies. F-L-O-R-A-L-S-H-O-P-P-E dot com. Debbie's Floral Shop. Or if you are in the Chicagoland area, feel free to stop by the shop at 421 North Lake Street in Mundelein, Illinois. Remember to tell her or her staff that you heard about them on Her Path Radio. Thanks, sister friend. Welcome back, ladies. Lenita. We both travel the world virtually and in person. And this COVID-19 virus has slowed us down a bit, but we had the great opportunity to travel to Southern Illinois for a leadership conference in July. It was fantastic. And we met some powerful women. I am happy that today 
we were able to introduce one of those women that inspired us. Yes, Karen. And I'm happy to introduce our speaker today, Brigadier General Kathleen Flaherty. She's the mobilization assistant to the command surgeon, Air Mobility Command at Scott Air Force Base in here in Illinois. And in this role, she assists in directing the clinical oversight of the Air Force Global Aeromedical Evacuation System, clinical operations capability development, and supports research priorities for aeromedical evacuation and the Air Force critical care air, uh, air transport teams. Wow, what a mouthful. <laughs> it sure is, Anita, wow. And additionally, Dr. Flaherty is a deputy director for a combat research unit, an associate professor in emergency medicine at the University of Colorado, and a research nurse scientist for the University of Colorado Health. She is an experienced nurse practitioner, emergency and critical care flight nurse with over 41 years of dedicated military service. That's right. She's just the type of woman whose story will be a powerful inspiration to us all. Dr. Flaherty, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. I have, it was so, uh, such an honor to meet you guys in person, and I so appreciate your enthusiasm, your passion, and what you do to inspire and empower women. So I'm honored to be here today. We are so excited for this opportunity to share with you uh, and to share you to our audience. We know it's going to be fantastic. So I'm going to kick it off and get the questions started. The first one I'm going to go with is for purpose. What was the trigger that let you know this is it, that you had identified your purpose? Thank you. I have been blessed that in my life's work, I've found my calling, a true passion for what I do. And if I had to pick a specific this is it moment, it'd probably be my first assignment as an Army combat medic, which blended my love of caregiving and the ability to serve our nation. And I will say now at this age, it's evolved into finding joy, purpose, and meaning in all that I do. Amazing. Wow. Um, and I, I think I've shared with you in the past, my husband was Army and he was a medic yes. as well. So I can certainly appreciate that because now his journey has led him to be a uh, uh, an internist here in Lake County uh, serving our community. So thank you for that and all that you do. Uh, my question is, is still going to fall within purpose. Um, what's something people seem to misunderstand about who you are and what you do? Sure. Um, at the start of this podcast, you mentioned my positions and titles, and a lot of people don't understand how I can have multiple jobs, um, <laughs> right? Yeah. So my career has spanned both civilian positions and military experiences, both active duty and reserve. And while in reserve status, as I am now, I also hold civilian positions, and this accounts for the overlaps, but also the synergies in my professional experience. And our nation and the Air Force rely on that total force integration. So the combined talents of active guard and reserve mm -hmm. that allows us to gain efficiency and effectiveness in support of the overall Air Force mission. And we need all three of those components. For example, you mentioned my specialty of air medical evacuation. 88% mm -hmm. of the people performing that mission are from the reserve and guard. Really? So what do they do exactly? Um, best job in the Air Force. Uh, we have the honor and the privilege of caring for our nation's heroes, our wounded warriors. Mm -hmm. And so uh, air medical evacuation team is two flight nurses and three air medical evacuation uh, technicians. And they take care of uh, also um, patients and families 
and DOD contractors, anybody in the system that needs to be evacuated. And we perform the in-flight care. And then the critical care air medical transport team, which usually often accompanies air medical evacuation teams is a critical care physician, a critical care nurse, and a cardiorespiratory therapist. And they care for our most critically ill and injured patients. Wow, that's just amazing. And one of the things I always uh, think about too, when I think about military, my husband's also an Air Force vet. You know, and I know this. Yeah, so we definitely are a military family here, the two of us. So I really just respect and, and it's so exciting about the work that you're doing and all the women. And that's my yeah. question. As, as you are inspiring women who are listening to our podcast, you know, are there a lot of women in that field that you are in? And your staff, are there a lot of, I know men is there a lot, but what about the females? And how are you inspiring them? What does that mean to you to inspire the females in the ranks or who's coming on who may want to be in your role? Right. And so the Air Force of all the services has the most females. We have about 22% of females. And obviously in the medical profession, there's a little higher ratio of women than in other um, other professions. And we know that our Air Force is stronger when we hire, retain, and cultivate talented women and minorities, and then empower them to have a voice. And I feel now I have a heard voice at the table. And so there's a lot of different things to increase women, like increasing the um, leave for when you have a baby. There's increasing, like for me, I had to get a height waiver because I'm only 5'3". And um, also I had to get a waiver when I was pregnant to fly. So really looking at the needs of women who serve our nation and, and making it for a better place for them. Getting daycare that's 24 hours a day instead of just during the day, you know, for the traditional jobs, because some of the jobs, um, for example, if you're gonna compete might be an air traffic controller and you might have to do nighttime shifts. My son's a, a space systems operator in the space force. And if you're, you have to do night shifts. So how do you, how do you make it appealing to, to women? And I think one of the things is really allowing you to be your best, to challenge you and give you opportunities that you're not gonna get anywhere else in the world. Wow, that is something to aspire to for all women. I love that. Uh, you mentioned a couple of things, you know, waivers that you had to get and uh, special dispensation to do certain things because as a female, they weren't accounted for when those job descriptions and regulations were put in place. So given that, what other roadblocks, or can you elaborate a little bit more on those uh, that might be per perceived as roadblocks that you encountered along your path and how did you break through them? Sure. So I've had my share of roadblocks, whether changing the culture of an organization or leading medical teams in Afghanistan. And some of the things that helped me get the roadblocks was applying our Air Force core values, which is integrity first, service before self, and excellence in all you do. And then at this age, you mentioned I have 41 years in service. I also have education, wisdom, and experience, and that helps. My training as a scientist has helped. So I gather objective, verifiable data to support my decisions without drama. I can make hard decisions with empathy. And then the caregiver in me has provided me emotional intelligence to not only get me through the roadblocks, but to help people feel heard along the way. So I'm a firm believer in collaborative wisdom. We are stronger and smarter together than alone. I bring the right people together and say, how can we tackle this? Well, how do we need to get after this? And it's not by surrounding yourself with yes people. You want people who are um, 
diversity of thought and all of it, right? So in the experience of all of that together to, to get through those roadblocks. And I found that networking, relationship bring, uh, building and just that collaborative wisdom. Love that. And that's so important, it's so, so true. So again, about transformative change. What was the one experience whether taking on a new role in the military, breaking ground in your research or in your personal life that impacted you in ways you did not expect? How did you react and what did you learn? Thank you. Um, it, it was interesting. I learned the power of the introvert. I don't know if you can tell, <laughs> but I'm an extrovert. And because I have a reputation of creating a climate of respect, dignity, and empowering teams, I was asked to be the commander of an aeromedical staging squadron, which is also medical teams, but they prepare and take care of patients before flight. So after, shortly after taking command, my chief nurse who reported to me shyly came into my office. She handed me a book and asked me to read it. And the book was entitled, Quiet, The Power of Introverts in a World That Won't Stop Talking. And in Quiet, the author Susan Cain argues that we dramatically undervalue introverts and shows how much we lose in doing so. So I read the book and I learned not only the value of having introverts on your teams, because they think differently than you do, mm -hmm. that's mm -hmm. part of the diversity, and how to unleash the talents of the introverts, but also the chief nurse immediately earned my respect by having that critical conversation. And it, I could tell she was horribly uncomfortable with it, right? As, as an introvert and then and telling me, asking me to read that book, but it, I've applied it to my life ever since. Love it, love it, love it. That's so critical. That's so important. I think it's, yeah, I think that's awesome. I'm gonna ask you uh, one more time for our audience. What was the name of the book and who's the author? It was called Quiet. Um, the Power of Introverts in a World That Won't Stop Talking. And it was by Susan Cain. And is that K-A-I-N? C-A-I-N. Thank you so yeah. much. Keeping <laughs> along the lines of, of transformative change or embracing uh, transformation, tell us about a situation that's truly transformed you. I, I've had a lot of those. I'm grateful for the opportunities, the challenges, and the successes I've been afforded. But I would say a meaningful moment in my career was Army Airborne School. So in 1985, they had only recently allowed women in. I was one of only nine women in a class of 500. And you're identified not by your name, but by a letter and a number on your helmet. And I was November 11, November for non-commissioned officer or sergeant. And I was appointed a platoon sergeant of an all-male platoon, officers enlisted, Army, Air Force, Marines. All five, three of you. <laughs> and, and I was out in front leading that platoon, which garnished me a lot of attention. And so one of the things I had to do was a combat jump with 85 pounds of gear. So my, my parachute on the back, my reserve parachute here, a weapon strapped to my side, a big rucksack, heavy rucksack uh, down between my legs, jumping out of a perfectly good airplane on my 110 pound frame. I, I okay. And the more they pushed me to quit, because every day they'd say, anybody want to quit? And then Pete and you, we all yell in unison, hell no, Sergeant, Army Airborne, there'd be people walking up there to quit. But I would tell you, the more they pushed me to quit, the more determined I became to succeed. And I proudly wear those wings today. That is such a great story. I um, have to tell you, and I consider myself a go-getter and a and you, you know, are with my, <laughs> with my own intestinal fortitude, not wanting to give up. Uh, that one is 
I don't know, right? That gives me pause. That gives me yeah. pause. Kudos to you. And thank you for that. If nothing yeah. else, this should be an inspiration to folks to just keep going because you can, you can push through, you can uh, make it through. I think that's amazing. Right. And one of the things that really garnished with me, you said kind of transformational because I carried that throughout my career. Because often back then as a woman in the military, I was viewed as less capable and I had to prove myself mm. again and again. And as my current boss, General Van Olvos, the Air Mobility Commander at Scott Air Force Base, she had said, I wanted to make the path for women wider, not necessarily easier, but wider with greater opportunity, fewer barriers. So that's what I want to do. That is amazing. And that's so key. You're right. Make it wider, not easier, wider. Mm-hmm. Give us more resources, yep. give us more opportunities. Yep. And that's one of the things that Lee and I both uh, truly believe in, giving our young ladies opportunities. And that's why right. we are so excited yeah. with your speaking today, because maybe mm-hmm. ladies today listening to your story and young ladies as well, deciding, like, is the military the right path for me? And, sh- and the things you're sharing today is just, uh, it's so awesome. It's just amazing. So- Thank you. <laughs> I've been honored. I've been blessed for sure. Yes, yes. So I'm gonna go to the next question then, because again, you are truly inspiring hope in our young ladies, as well as other women who are in the military today. And Karen and I. We're, yeah. we're, oh, <laughs> oh, yes, for sure. We're feeling like slackers. <laughs> Got to work a little Anything harder. But. <laughs> <laughs> so true. So my next question for you, from all that you have experienced personally and professionally, what is your best advice or suggestion for making the world a better place? Mm. That's a great question. I would have to say it's probably take care of your people and take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. For us, our airmen and our guardians are our greatest and most precious asset. They're more important than any aircraft, any fighter jet, or any da Vinci surgical robot. And the well-being of our people is a foundation to our mission and our success. And if you take care of your people, your teams are better. Mm -hmm. If you take care of your people, your communities are better, and ultimately, the world will be better for it. So that's the first piece, take care of your people. Mm -hmm. The second piece is you need to take care of yourself. And I'll tell you, as I've gotten older, my definition of success has changed. Mm -hmm. I now include my personal well-being in my definition of success. success. I have figured out what I need to renew, re-energize, repassion, to bring my best self to the people I love, Mm -hmm. I care for, and the people I lead. And there's nothing that renews me faster than being in nature with people that I love. And it was a journey, right? An ability to change the perception, to, to, to prioritize taking care of me. So I'd say you need to show self-compassion and grace. Mm-hmm. To be able now to say, I did my best today and my best is good enough and let it go rather than ruminate over what I could have done better or failed to do. So take care of your people and take care of yourself. That is so true. Um, Karen and I uh, have this conversation with young women who are uh, coming up the the corporate ladder uh, or who are um, looking to build a career in academia or any other area uh, that we, you know, we unofficially mentor uh, groups of young women. And the mantra is always give grace to yourself when you are speaking uh, to yourself and everybody has some self-talk. We want to be not our worst enemy, but our own best friend. And when we don't achieve whatever mythical line in the sand we've drawn for ourselves, then we have to be able to talk to our four-year-old self. Instead of that, God darn it, what you doing? You would never, 
talk to your four-year-old or anyone, I hope, or anyone else's four-year-old in that way. But you have to give yourself that grace that, gosh, I know you, you know, wanted that to be this and it didn't quite make it to fruition, but there's next time. What kind of things can we do differently to make it better for the next journey on that, whatever that thing is. And in order to do that, that's the grace we have to give. And that is self-care. It's not selfish right? It is self-care. It's the ability to nurture you so that you can give that to others, right? Yeah, absolutely. There's a book called The Negativity Bias, and it really Mm. says that, you know, that part of our brain that controls threat or no threat, and we will never remember the 99 questions we got right on the test. We'll remember that one we missed. And Mm -hmm. years past, it had protective properties, but for now, acknowledge it, I can learn from it, and then be able to let it go. Yeah, that grace is huge. Absolutely, absolutely. So uh, given that, um, when when I look at the next question, and we're still going to keep in the theme of of hope, because you are, uh, you know, inspiring others, and, and the hope that we have in ourselves, what has encouraged you the most and keeps you encouraged on your journey? As we talk about self-care and giving ourselves grace, what keeps you motivated for uh, discovering your path and living your true destiny? Thank you. People, right? Mm. I learned early in life that success takes support. Failure Mm -hmm. you can do alone. (laughs) I've been blessed by a loving, supportive family and leaders and mentors who believed in me. They were there along the way to encourage me, mentor me, and sometimes push or challenge me. And I've learned that growth happens at the edge of your comfort zone. And I'd love to hear that you guys are doing so much mentoring. And and I know, Karen, with your STEM um, STEAM program, I love coach guide mentoring others because I'm paying it forward, right? And And I'm paying for all the people who have taken their time to do that for me. So people. Wonderful, wonderful couldn't agree with you more and that's the key you know the opportunities we have we have truly been blessed along Mm -hmm. our journey and giving it back you know because we know that we are where we are because someone poured into us someone gave us the opportunity someone lent us a hand you know it's not just you know just say well I got mine you get yours no that's Mm -hmm. not how God wants this world to work right Mm -hmm. we're all in we're all Mm -hmm. in this together and that's why we love this podcast to share with women like yourself, to share your story. It's just so fantastic. And I have one last question for you. Again, we've asked you a lot of questions about purpose, about transformative change, about aspiring, and about hope. But what is the one question you wish an interviewer would have asked you, but never did? I would say, um, how did I do it? How did I get from private in the army to a general in the air force? And um, I know I've shared my history a little bit with you guys in the past, but I came from a very poor family and I had been accepted into nursing school, but I didn't have a way to pay for it. And I didn't know about service academies like West Point to the Air Force Academy or grants or scholarships. So I joined the army to become that combat medic. So I joined for the education, but I've stayed for more altruistic reasons. I had no idea that I would stay this long or I'd love it so much. But I got here by hard work, the support of family, good mentors and perseverance. But I would, if one pearl that I would like to share would be, um, I did my best at every single role, every single position, and the next opportunity presented itself. So I would say, do your best, 
Um, do your best at every role, every position, and then the next opportunity will present itself. Wow, that is quite a pearl. And I share that <clears throat> with my children. In other words, I love the succinct way you put it. But I've always told them, and Karen and I share this philosophy that, you know, you are, wh whatever role you're in, wherever you are, you do that role with 100% as though you were the CEO, because you are, you are the CEO, you are the chairman of your own board of directors. And that experience, education and expertise goes with you wherever you go. And it is the the, the casualties that you leave behind that stunt your growth. Yeah. So if you are only building up people as you go and you are only looking at, you know, hey, I'm, I'm really acquiring knowledge, not just for me, but that's gonna make me that much better of an employee, whatever it is. And I look at, um, you know, our kids, Karen's kids, my kids and other young people we know that are now in their thirties and forties and how well they have come along with that advice. It was hard felt early on, because of course, you know, young people think that they can conquer the world. Maybe that's not your young people. My young people <laughs> believed that they could do it all and make it happen today. And as we worked with them to understand, you know, baby steps, let's see you as with anything else, whether it's a sport or a musical instrument, many of us don't start off as virtuosos. We have to play chopsticks and Mary had a little lamb. <laughs> Again Incessantly. and again. <laughs> <laughs> to get it right. So I, what you're sharing so resonates with me uh, about that. What about you, Karen? Excellent. Again, those are things that we have learned and we continue to teach our young people each day, you know, because it's so important, those baby steps. And again, stepping yeah. one foot out there, as well as one thing you shared too, that I truly agree with also, being your own self-advocate. That is so important. We have to believe in ourselves because there'll be enough negative out there. And that's why I'm so excited about you being our guest speaker today, because we know women who are in the military, who are just mm -hmm. starting out. We know young men that we, we've known forever as a youngster are now in the military, just finished their first part of basic training. Mm -hmm. The things that you are sharing is going to inspire so many women to know that that is a path for me to reach my goals. Because yeah. we know people are not always, like you said, cannot afford college. Mm -hmm. There are ways to still get through college with that basic information, with the training the military gives you, and the lifelong training as well. The military is a great resource, a great opportunity for folks to, to advance their careers. But they got to take the Absolutely. first step, take the first step. So you have shared so many great pearls, so many great things. And I know there's a few takeaways we have as well. So what's a few takeaways, just one or two takeaways that you would like our audience to remember that you shared today? Sure. And I, I, one of the questions that uh, I was hoping you're going to ask, because I listened to your podcast is about being unapologetically female. Okay. And, and just because you talked about, you know, the history of, you know, and, and where we're at with the military. And I think being in the air force and any branch of the service now as a woman is such a great time to be here. And I'll just say, you know, again, it's the lens at which you look at the world, right? So I've been a woman in a predominantly male environment for a really long time since joining the army, as I said, in 1980. And as I'm sure you've had to do in your careers, I had to prove myself again and again with each new position and earning the respect, right? Yes. You yes. just didn't walk up with the respect, you had to earn it. But instead of being resentful with it, with that, I saw it as an opportunity to make an impact, to make a difference. And I didn't want, just want inclusion, to just be invited, I wanted integration. 
to, ha to have a heard voice and be part of a team. And so every place I've gone, every position I've held, you get the real deal. So if I'm invited to the table, I'm going to share my opinion with respect and dignity, but I'm going to share my opinion. I'm not a yes person. And sometimes that challenges others, but it's also why I'm here. And so when you talk about, you know, women in the military, we need them, right? We need to hire, retain, and cultivate these talented women and minorities, and then empower them to have a heard voice. So great place where I'm at, great, you know, a long journey to get here, but it's such a great place to, to be. Love it. And one good thing you said too is integration. That right. is key, is mm -hmm. integration. Again, sometimes we always hear, well, I have to, I have to hire at least so many females to make my quota. That's not it. Mm -mm. That's, we, we want the best, the brightest. Again, integrate them into every opportunity yep. that every man has. We can do that too. And that's yep. key. Yep. I, I don't want to be the token female at the table. Nope. I want a heard voice and I want to be mm -hmm. part of the team. Yep. Absolutely. That's right. You may, you may not agree with everything I say, but you will hear it. Yeah. And, and truly at this level, you, you don't want to, you don't want yes people because you're mm -hmm. not going to come up with the best solution. If everybody right. agrees, if I, if the 20 people I'm asking for input say exactly what I'm saying, we're not going to have a better product. We're not going to have a better deliverable or solution to anything. I, I voices need to be heard. Yeah, absolutely. The diversity of voice is so important. Diversity of yeah. voice. And that's absolutely. why it's so, so important to have, again, different age groups, different culture backgrounds, you know, we could be the same nationality, but we've been raised differently. So again, the di different experiences really helps all of us to grow. That's right. Diversity is a large, broad word because no one group is a monolith. Not all women are the same. Not all blacks are the same. Not all Latinx, not all young people are the same. Uh, <laughs> right. There are commonalities yeah. among everything, but there's right. just as much crossover. And what I'm taking away from all that you shared is that every time you met whatever that obstacle was or an opportunity was, you were able to say, not quite what you expected, was it? Okay, let's go. Right. <laughs> Right. Absolutely. We can't afford to limit diversity of ideas. We need a whole of nation approach. And when I think about it for our national defense problems, but that's for every solution out right there. We mm -hmm. need everyone, the best and the brightest from the entire pool, which means women. And in today's Air Force, I'm treated as equal, valued and respected airmen. And I don't know if you've seen it, but Chief of Staff Air Force Brown he has this powerful video. And he says, when I'm flying, I put my helmet on. I put my visor down. I put my mask on. You don't know who I am. You don't see race or gender. I'm an American airman. And it gives me chills when I watch it. Wow. Because I am so blessed to be part of that organization. I am loving that. I am loving that. Well, thank you again so much. It has truly been a great discussion with our guests. You shared some awesome takeaways that I'm sure everyone has learned from. And we'd love to hear from our audience more about it. So audience, please send us your thoughts and comments as well as recommendations for speakers and topics you'd like to hear. We are all about women empowering women. Right, Karen? Yes, Lanita. Join us each month as we continue designing our destiny and inspiring others to do the same. We'll connect with you next month. Thank you, everyone.